I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final 2019 season review episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. Uh, this episode is brought to you by... That's it. The end of the game. The season's over. No, just kidding. It's brought to you by the MLS Bracket Challenge game. That's right. The fantasy season does not have to end. You can still go out and play that easier game to get some of your MLS fantasy action on as the season winds down. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and this podcast, as always, is brought to you by the amazing community of r slash fantasy mls and the amazing patreon supporters that have been with us for the past several years we've had several of them on the show this past few weeks uh yes this intro is different because it's a special episode um but just thank you so much for everyone who's been supporting us and being a member of this community you're you're fantastic and you are the reason that we're here so these shows are brought to you by you primarily in addition to the funny little gags that we like to have i'm joined by my usual co-hosts michael denton and blaine riffle how are you guys doing doing well fantastic uh as i said right before the show started uh, jason morris is going to try to be with us again tonight he had some some technical problems last week and he may be experiencing some of that again this week it might be a bandwidth issue when we're streaming live so he's going to work through that and see what he can do but we're going to get started talking with you all because we have a fantastic show tonight it's our annual season review interview with ben bear to get his first thoughts on how the season's gone uh, their initial thoughts not a lot of time to do the crunching of the numbers yet but uh, ben is a pre-recorded interview with us because he's got some sort of soccer ball game or something tonight that he had to go to so we're going to play that for you in a few minutes uh, but first uh, we're going to get started with a quick little review of round 31 mostly to talk about how uh, our teams did but but how uh, the leagues ended up finishing so mike how'd you do uh 98 um i saw the valeri stuff and for some reason had thought that i had changed him out and then looked on my team sunday night and realized i hadn't so that was the big Rough. hurt. Um, the other thing was believing that DC United would score goals uh, was a bad assumption. Um, instead of going heavy with Hamid, and, I mean, I did have Birnbaum in uh, defense, but I, I went with Ariola and then Quincy Ameriqua because Ola Kamara only made the bench. Uh, no one scored any goals despite Cincinnati having two players on red cards. Um, I, don't, I don't know why DC's in the playoffs. They, you know. They're just one of those teams that probably is going to get knocked out first round unless Josie's hurt. But, uh, yeah, and then I also had Josie, so only two points there. But I did Captain Vela, I had Barrios, uh, and Pozuelo, so it wasn't uh, all lost. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, 98. I've been mostly weak ranks, like, in the low 1,000s, but, you know, that's – not really all that great. So finished overall rank 530. Um, and I should have found out what my team's value was, but I forgot. Uh, team value is about 125 points, 0.4. 
Bling, what about you? Yeah, I had a really bad round this one. I got 93. Um, I did go with the Orlando defense that we were talking about, which really sucked. Um, no At least DC it wasn't defense. the Sporting Kansas City defense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. As you were. <laughs> no, uh, that's fair. Fair is fair on that one. Um, no, I actually... Uh, I had Dick on the bench, and he got one point, which was only a point worse than Rowe. So, I mean, not really losing much there. And then I also had Lindsay, Lindsay on the bench for a minus one. So I saw how bad it was. Um, no, Cannon on the bench came in for 11, but I kind of swung for the fences when I saw the lineups. Uh, when I saw Martinez was playing, I went out and grabbed him, and he got 14, so I was happy there. Zlatan getting eight kind of hurt, and then Captain Vela, but... I was banking on more from DC and Ariola got the six and then Piatti and Nani got me a combined four points this week. I was expecting more from both of them and just, I missed. Um, I was trying to make some big moves, hopefully try to get into the top 400 at the end of the season. And I ended up at 561 and went backwards this week, but I got a gamble to go big. I think worst thing I did though, is I had a Spria on the bench and I was doing this on the fly while I was out with my wife, and I missed that I didn't have a spot for him to come into, and and so I left twelve points stranded there with a one and a three in my starting midfield. So yeah, that hurt. I see Jason is trying to uh, load back in. Are you with us yet, Jason? So Jason's loading in. Uh, as for myself, I had a great week. Sorry guys, uh, one hundred and twenty-eight points. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, Jason, are you back with us? Uh, hear me? See me? We can't we see you, you, but uh, we're doing a rundown of how our teams did, so I'm going to run through mine, and then we'll let you see how you did, okay? All right. Uh, 120. I think I'm my oh. camera. That might help. Yeah, turn off your camera. Are you with us? You guys are witnessing this live, the, the beauty of, <laughs> of amateur podcasting at its finest. <laughs> Uh, so 128 oh. points is what I ended up with. Round week rank 28, uh, overall 93. So I was Ooh, able to nice. squeeze into the top 100, which is my goal every season. Uh, so that was great. Number one, thank you. Number one in the FC Cincinnati week this week. Uh, overall, I was third in the FC Cincinnati league. So uh, it was tough. It was tough. Four points out of second. So that was that was pretty rough. Um, uh, for for my team, I went all in with a, with a DC United defense. Burnbaum, Bryant, uh, Hamid got me all kinds of points right there. Eight, eight, and seven. Went with Matt Hedges. Got a goal out of that one. Had Barrios, had Blanco, had Pozuelo, had Pavone. So I had all kinds of points right there. And then I went with the Vela captain. So that was ACB as always on the bench. Not as what I hoped. Uh, I was on the fence of going with Andrasic or Ibobasi for one of my. Uh, Otteru forwards, and I ended up going with Bobasi. Wish I had gone with Andrasic, uh, but I did not. But I had uh, Bobasi, Erickson, and Kamara. So I got the four points from Erickson and the eight points from Kamara, switching in right there for my 128. Ending the year with a team value of 131.2. So not too shabby. Pretty pleased with that. Saw a lot of great scores. Um, at least we got here. With uh, chat, uh, Kyle had a round rank 282, overall 240, until the value of 127, not bad at all. Chris had 113, 
week rank 416, final rank 520. That's awesome. You guys did very well. So congrats to everyone who uh, met their goals or came co close to their goals. If you didn't meet your goal, it's always next year, and I know that you guys can do it uh, because this is a great group of people who can help you. I want to give a quick shout-out before we get to our interview with Ben uh, for everyone in, in our other leagues. In the Patreon League, the fall season ended with, uh, with a bang as always. Let's see here. Let me get the, the leagues loaded up. Uh, our Patreon head-to-head -head league. It was very tight, and at the end, Skiles did pull it off with a a, a total record of 13-1-1 one one with 40 points. Uh, Ryan Anderson bumped up to second in a crazy game. Seagraves fell all the way down to fourth right out of out of the, mo the money right there. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was, it was a crazy right there, but congrats to Skiles for getting first place in the Patreon League. Over at the Hosts Head-to-Head League, that was also crazy. It came down to uh, myself and Sherry in the final head-to-head -head game. She said on Twitter that it was not even close. The score was 114 to 128, so I beat her by 14 points. But in this kind of a final round, that I think that's pretty close. That was a fantastic game. Sherry is a fantastic player. I thought I was going to lose going into this round. It was DC United versus FC Cincinnati, so at least one of those games turned out the way that I wanted it to. Though I won't complain too much because I got all those points off of the DC United clean sheets, so that was <laughs> that was great right there. Uh, I'll also give a shout-out to the MLS Fantasy Boss Open Leagues uh, right there. It's uh, Norman who took first place in that. You will get a... Uh, I think Norman might have been the number one overall, maybe. Might, uh, uh, but you'll get uh, some, some swag as well as a second and third place member. And then over at the r slash fantasy MLS <clears throat> League. Loading that up real quick. That uh, Norman was Bearcat Boys SC? Yes. He's number two. Two of okay. Number one was Blake will like this. A, um, Blaine will like this. A Sporting KC fan, um, Goth, um, Dunder Mifflin, a team. <laughs> Dunder Mifflin, a team. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then the R slash Fantasy MLS Fall League, uh, number one goes to Ardent uh, from Dudley Street Hooligan. So remember, if you have not signed up for the the spreadsheet, the Google Doc to be able to win, you all won't actually win. And I'll just keep going on the list until I find the people who did win. So. Uh, but congrats to all those. Thank you so much, everyone, for playing. Uh, it's It's been fantastic. The The round was great with all kinds of, of crazy goals and crazy storylines, and, and it was absolutely bananas. But what you all have come here to talk about is not what happened in round 31. Maybe not necessarily talk about it. If you're in chat, you're here to talk about it. If you're listening to us, you're going to listen to our conversation about it. But you've come here to talk about the 2019 season as a whole not just round 31. You want to know uh, just our reactions for did we like it, what worked, what didn't want, what could be improved. And I'm going to try some of this again. This is some technology that we have. I interviewed Ben Bear before the show tonight. Uh, he had some other commitments. He couldn't be with us, so I interviewed Ben Bear. Got a 30-minute interview with Ben that I'm going to play right now for everyone. Uh, Mike and Blaine are going to switch probably to unmute the YouTube channel so they can actually hear it. For those of you in live chat with us, please let me know if you can hear the audio from Ben, uh, because I believe that that's um, gonna—that's what's going to hinge on this working. So if you can hear this, uh, let me know in live chat. But here is our interview with with Ben Bear, 
And uh, I will go ahead and say right now that, of course, we know this has been just, just being a great guy, giving us some, some advice. All of this is just Ben's thoughts right now. Nothing super official at this time. But uh, with that said, here is Ben Bear. Okay, right now I'm joined by Ben Bear from MLS uh, on video. Awesome. Uh, great technology we have nowadays. We were just talking about. Uh, and he's here to talk about uh, the recap for the 2019 fantasy season. It's just ended. Uh, he's he's barely yep. had any time to think about this stuff, but he's so gracious to join us tonight to give us some of his just initial reactions from the season. So, Ben, thank you so much for being here. Uh, happy to be here, as always. Unfortunately, I did not do so well uh, to end the season. Kind of the most disappointing, uh, disappointing last five or six weeks I've had in uh, in fantasy, in MLS fantasy in a while. I feel you. That was that was me in the middle of the season, and I really didn't think that I was going to make my my general top hundred goal, yep. but uh, but I did finish strong, so I was very pleased by the final. Though though, if you could spot me four more points, that would be. Uh, secure second place in the fc cincinnati league uh that would be great i don't have that power uh, uh yeah you hear it here everyone listening he does not have <laughs> the power uh well let's just jump right into this um i know you're gonna go play play some actual soccer ball pretty yeah. soon tonight uh, so we didn't have many changes in fact 2019 was the first season where we did not see a big overhaul of the game in a long time at least two or three years um, however, yep. we still had some small changes, and I wanted to get your first reactions as to how they impacted the game and if you were pleased with those changes. So uh, the quick reminder, the first one, which was likely the most noticeable by all of the, the players this year, managers only could select three players from a team instead of four. So how did that work out? That was great. I mean, I think that really helped diversify a lot of our teams. Um, it made it a lot harder on every fantasy manager uh, you know, to pick the right players and, you know, even pick the right players from, you know, if a, if a favorite team uh, was going in and, you know, usually you'd have a player from each level, uh, goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, and forward. Now you have to be a little more targeted uh, with how you're going to pick your, you know, those kind of players. Really diversify the team, even if, like, everyone had a ton of NYC players, uh, you could have three different NYC players from somebody else, and that kind of, I think it really helped have some more fun with it as opposed to I think what we've seen in the past which is a lot of same team same player uh, issues I, I love this change myself and I even saw it play out in the final round when last week we were talking about our selections from DC and I went in all with their with their defense and their keepers and so I had I had three defensive units and Mike and Blaine were talking about Quincy Ameriqua and other options uh, paid yeah. out for me for sure yeah I think I only had one DC player, so that didn't work out so well mm. for me. But it was a defender, so I got that clean sheet, but I should add more. That's right. Hey, it's a 0-0 zero, zero draw, so so I can wear my colors and be okay. Mm -hmm. uh, second, and uh, this was probably the most talked about change that we had, and it was an improved player pricing model to better react to players' most recent performance. So that was the promise at the beginning of the season. Do you yes. think that played out? I think it did. Uh, I haven't heard a ton of, ch a ton of the chatter around it. Uh, to be honest, but I think it clipped, you know, I think it matched what we saw from week to week in terms of player plays well, value goes up, it make, it made sense, it made a little more sense than I think what we dealt with kind of last year. Um, and I, I think it worked out well. I mean, I'm interested to hear 
do we do we get a lot of di- diversifying opinions about it? Uh, I know Mike probably had some problems. With it. <laughs> uh, a lot but, of uh, a lot of the chat was really mostly trying to figure it out. Everyone likes to crunch the numbers at the beginning, and I think really the only negative that I've seen most people talk about it is is sometimes they felt overly penalized the player didn't play like he came on for a minute and you'd still see that drop and so yeah. i think a lot of the chat was was first kind of gave the feel for it because i i also agree i, I think it it matched up pretty well with how we saw players perform um but people took a few weeks to get used to it but it was mostly hey this guy he only played a minute why am i losing this much money but, yeah i think i think that's definitely an issue um you know a lot of it i'm assuming i mean what the main problem with is with you have somebody in double game week and let's say they play the first game and then they come on as a sub for the last 20 minutes uh, of the second game, that kind of could be a little bit of a problem. Um, but, you know, not everything's perfect. I think it was a lot better than last year. And I think if you were, you know, if you were following lineups, and I know we're going to get into this in a second, but if you were setting a lineup and making sure the right players, I don't think you should really have that many issues with it. Yep. In uh, the third improvement that we talked about at least was hinted at the beginning of the season was improved app functionality maybe this is the most controversial because i know I've, I've saw people talk throughout the season of hey this didn't work hey that didn't work and i, and I know there were some growing pains as well this year but uh how did the app integration play out for you i think it, i mean i think it played well i think you know there's always issues here and there with their app and it's not obviously tied to necessarily fantasy i know i've had times when i've opened our app and it like work or something and I start screaming but I think you know 98% of the time it's it's great and it works um, I it's, it's easy for me if I'm you know out on, on a Saturday or doing whatever and I see that somebody's not starting it's I mean it's the best thing as opposed to what we used to have to deal with excuse me with dealing with mobile web and I think it's just it was so much better yeah, it was. I think the the only complaint I saw was when people did the share team function. It would basically uh, yeah. share like, "Hey, I'm playing. Join up," and didn't actually just go, "Here's my team." Yeah, uh, I think that. I think I think that's something we could definitely look at going into next year. Yeah. Uh, well, those are those are just three of the the features right there. Anything else that I missed right now that was a feature that you want to talk about? How that played out? No, I think I, I, think, I think we covered it. it. I think yeah, I, I, I think we covered it with saying, you know, the whole point this year was that there wasn't going to be that many changes and i think uh it made a different easier experience uh, a better experience and a more fun experience for me personally even so this was the second year that we had a two season uh, split season fantasy game and uh, again this is something that that i like i like interacting with players and i think it's good that people get sort of the chance to feel out the game before they really get into it but uh, do you still feel like this multi-season format um, was successful and and how did it impact the total player numbers? Uh, I think it's still it's still I like it personally. Uh, I know I know the concerns of a lot of people and we you know we went over those last year. Um, so in terms of total players, I think we did get a bit of a spike uh, heading into the second season. I know I did, but on the negative side, I know I hear a lot of people even in this office saying, "Hey, I just want to see what my total score is for the whole season or what my rank is." Uh, for the whole season instead of us trying to you know trying to put those two things together I think there'll always be issues and I think but I think we I definitely saw people who were tuned out uh, you know 10 weeks into the year and then uh, once the new season started they they got right back into it and then made a made maybe made a run a good run in the second half of the season 
So I think, you know, it's something we'll, we'll continue to evaluate. You know, we'll see what happens next year. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's – it's, I like it personally. I, I think it's – I see I see both sides to it, honestly. And uh, I think, yeah, like I said, it's something we'll continue to evaluate. Was that Doyle or Bobby? Did they want to just have their overall points just, like, Probably, point at it and brag? Well, Bobby always talks about it, but, yeah. Like, those <laughs> – yeah, Bobby always talks about this. Well, what's my overall? Uh, <laughs> that seems like. But he, they're not the only people either. What's my overall and expected fantasy points? That's exactly that's Bobby's yeah. contract. We need that stat next year: expected fantasy points or the Bobby Warshaw points. That's that's yep. what we'll just call them. Uh, so, so many of these changes are focused on uh, dealing with with player burnout, and this is not a a something that's unique to MLS fantasy. It's every fantasy game always deals with burnout or players dropping off. Uh, so do you believe that these changes that we've made this season have helped deal with, with player dropout rates and just more broader, what were the numbers like this year? I don't have the number. I, I don't have the numbers personally. Uh, I've seen some numbers here and there. Uh, I think they're pretty similar to what we've seen in the past. Uh, player burnout in, in fantasy sports is always going to be a problem with any, you know, any sports, soccer, football, basketball, anything. I literally, I mean, I'm in two fantasy football leagues. I think there are at least two or three teams already who have stopped sitting in the lineup and we're only, what, four weeks into the season. Uh, to me, it's just a broader issue with fantasy, and you know, we've, we've, we've tried things to alleviate that issue, uh, to make it more fun for all of our players. But it's, it's always going to be an issue, you know, and I don't really think it's something we can be we can look at and say, hey, this we're doing a poor job because of this, because this number says... You know that these many people dropped out. I don't, I don't think you can, you can really look at it that way. Sure. Yeah. There, I guess there's definitely a lot of reasons why people choose to come and go through a game. Uh, so, do you have any personal ideas on what could help increase the fun to prevent that, or do you think maybe there could be tools given to maybe fantasy leagues, like the head-to-head -head leagues, where the commissioners or the or the the leaders could add or drop teams if they believe that they're not playing? I don't know about that last one, but. I think we, we, we've always oh, this is something I mean this yes. is years all, we, all your opinions no, nothing binding we, at this we, point we always talk about how to how to really engage our fans uh, more regularly um, you know there's always talk about hey let's do you know a game for well, let's do something special for a week let's do something special for a month all that kind of stuff um, that's all on the table and I think that's something we'll continue to look at uh, heading into next year uh, I would say one thing that's semi-related to fantasy. I mean, there was an announcement a couple few months ago, maybe even you know even more longer than that. But MGM, uh, I think you can expect to see something around that, uh, but it may not be tied to fantasy. Uh, so we're not really sure. But that's something that you know helped increase our engagement with the fans, yeah. maybe in a different way than we can currently see. But again, that's something probably a little bit different and a little out there right now. Sure. So a lot of this conversation really sort of tiptoes around the concept of hardcore versus casual fans. So we're just going to address that right now. How do you, and I don't know if it's appropriate to say your team with fantasy or if it's really just you, uh, but but so how do you and your team, we'll be generous, uh, go about tackling the challenge of making a game that is both appealing for hardcore players and casual players? No, I mean, first of all, there is a team. Not a very big team, but there is a team of us that think about this. Uh, it's some. It's it's always a, it's always a delicate balance. It's, oh, because you. Oh, because we know there is X amount of uh, hardcore players like me and yourself. 
Mike and Blaine and everyone else who you know who loves this uh, loves this game. And there's there's a lot of us. But there isn't always enough. So the question is, how do you get more? Um, and how do you make it interesting for somebody who's not going to be, uh, you know, into it week to week, or you know, who's not going to wouldn't really think about, hey, I'm an MLS fan, I'm an FC Cincinnati fan. I go to Nippert on Saturdays, but I don't really think about, hey, Sunday there's a Seattle Minnesota game, and I gotta pay attention to that to play MLS fantasy. It's a, it's it's always a delicate balance, and every decision that we make is based off of. How will this affect our hardcore fan audience or and how will this affect our casual fan audience? Um, that's really the best way I can describe it is that when, you know, decision making is we, we, we look at both is, re is really what we're saying. When I sent out some question requests on Twitter, I had a few people who responded to me about uh, the transfer system and throughout the season, I'm sure you get random DMs like this to you on Twitter. I had a few conversations with people on Twitter about I don't like those unlimited transfers. I don't like these rolling transfers. This is garbage. I don't like that. So, so clearly, the merits of the MLS fancy transfer system is something that players still discuss. Uh, so, just coming from you, the the fantasy don, um, <laughs> why do you think unlimited transfers is more casual friendly? Because I think that's what we've said before. That that really helps ca casual players. Uh, and similarly, why do you think rolling transfers is more casual friendly than a set lockout time or set transfers? All right, so unlimited transfers first. I think when we had the old game, uh, which we all liked and loved, it involved way too much planning out four or five weeks in advance to, you know, to actually be able to set your lineup uh, in a way where you can actually win. And once that happens and you know you're not going to win, then what's the point of playing? So that, I think that was kind of what uh, the unlimited transfers was about, is that uh, we felt that it was really finely tuned just for the really, really, really hardcore players, I think, in, in our opinion. Because if you're a casual fan, let's say you miss a week, or let's say you're not even missed a week, but like you screwed something up and you... Uh, didn't set up your team in a way that you could still add Nicholas Sodero when he has a double game week against Cincinnati and Vancouver, um, that becomes a huge issue, I think, in my opinion. I think a lot of opinions around here. Um, for the rolling lockout, I mean, it's funny for me to hear any complaints about this, considering where we were, you know, two or three years ago when all every single complaint that was out there was, hey, I want to be able to change my lineup. I, this guy didn't start for some reason because we don't have uh, official injury reports really in MLS. So this guy didn't start, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, and now I'm screwed. So I know that's come up a little bit hard and harsh, but for me, I, I understand, look, your people out on Saturday nights, they're doing stuff. They don't want to be looking at their phone. Obviously, I don't really share that because this is my job, and this is what I do, and I always look at every lineup, basically. I think I got screwed maybe once or twice this year. But <laughs> I look at every lineup and I make those changes. I understand why you don't want to be doing that if you're enjoying life, maybe not watching MLS on a Saturday or Sunday or Wednesday. Uh, but I like it way better than if I didn't have the chance to change my lineup and so let's say Max Morales is not playing for some reason, which I didn't know. No, for sure. That's uh, that's the, the line and the story I always preach, but I, it just means so much coming from the top down like that. That's it. This 
And I think this is an example for everyone who's listening or watching. Like, this was a change that players wanted that was implemented. So if exactly. we're able to make like good, logical, reasoned out arguments for why we think a change would be beneficial for the game, uh, it, it goes up the, the flagpole and can be listened to. So uh, not everything we're going to say will be, but, but this is because of us. So we should own it and, and like accept it. And if we were wrong, then by golly, that's it's our fault too. Uh, so you mentioned Wednesday games, and that leads right into what I was going to talk about next, and it's double game weeks. And frequent double game weeks are just unique to the MLS fantasy game. Everybody has them when they kind of get near the end, like with NEPL, they have a few here and there, but it's it's almost every week for us. Um, so as a fantasy player, uh, do you or, or Bobby or Doyle, how, how do you all feel about the inclusion of double game weeks in the fantasy game? And do you believe that they are an advantage or a hindrance to casual players? <laughs> this sort of builds off of that, 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 conversations. That, yeah. that last question kind of threw me off a bit. I would say they're, they're an advantage because you can, you know, to get what we were going getting up before with the rolling lockout, is that if you set your lineup right on Wednesday, you don't have to worry about it for the rest of the week. Um, you know, if there's enough Obviously, if there's a nut, there's three to four games. Um, so that's the way I'll answer that part. Uh, in terms of double game weeks and kind of in general, obviously it's a tough thing. I think a couple years ago, maybe, I don't know, I think it was, yeah, I think it was maybe 2017. We tried, you know, if there was four more games on a Wednesday night, which obviously there was less of in the past, um, we would just make it its own round. This year, we couldn't really do that because obviously it's about 23 of the 30 weeks for a double game week <laughs> yeah, so if we're gonna go into and say hey if there's three wednesday night games we'll just make it its own round then guess what we're looking at like 50 rounds um and that's just way too many uh in my opinion i think everyone's opinion around here is that we can't be looking at our fantasy lineups that much if, you know considering everyone else's concerns about you know rolling lockouts and all the limited transfers and everything involved with that so you know i think it's a unique challenge with mls um, and hopefully, I think what well, maybe we'll see less of them next year. I'm not, I, I have no insight on the schedule at all, but uh, I think maybe we'll see a little bit less. But I think it's a unique challenge, and I think it's it can make it fun. Um, it can, I understand why people don't like it and you know why they think maybe it's a bigger issue, but there's really honestly, there's not much we can do about it without making way more rounds um, than we would want. I've, I've definitely seen a lot of interesting thoughts on the double game week subject from the community of people throwing out ideas. So if this is another opportunity for the community to have input, I think people have lots of feelings. I mean, it, it ranges from just don't include the Wednesday games to drop the lowest game to let people pick their which game they want to going into it. So uh, I, I think it's cool. I think that people have those ideas. I think some of them are definitely more hardcore or, or manager intensive. Yeah. Than, than others but uh, I know this is something that people do consider and and I'd agree with some of the criticisms that it really does uh, encourage the template teams and I think that's what a lot of people worry about with double yeah. game weeks you just pick all double game players if you're not doing that you're wrong well I think you know having the three players instead of four helps alleviate that a for little sure. bit for sure so I think I think that was kind of big heading into this year I think we would have seen a lot more kind of template teams uh, if we didn't have that change but yeah I mean it's a, it's a problem uh interested to hear solutions i'm not sure not counting games is one i think every game should matter um otherwise what are we doing 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested to hear anything that, uh, that anybody has to offer. Yep. Well, maybe if you send out a survey, I bet people will fill it out. These people are, are pretty, pretty passionate. Uh, yeah. so you all continued your, your fantasy offerings from the league this year. Uh, we have uh, fantasy United FC videos coming to us live now. Uh, this is year two of that. So I just want to know, uh, do you feel like the Fantasy United FC team improved? And uh, um, just just what's it like to get that show put together every week? Improved? I don't know if I can say improved. Uh, <laughs> obviously, yeah, I think we had a little better. We didn't really have production, but we uh, kind of changed the way we shot it a little bit. I think it was a lot better. Um, we'll see what happens next year with it. Maybe we can add some graphics. Uh, I don't know. It's fun. Like the old instant replay. Yeah, well, that, that would be insane. But uh, <laughs> no, we, we, I think we walk out of it every week, and the three of us can all agree it's you know maybe the twenty best minutes of our week every week. There you go. Uh, so, what's your favorite Fantasy United FC story that you can share with us? Story? I don't know. It's just Bobby being ridiculous every week, and like, cause he'll hit up our Slack chat, hey, ten o'clock at the ten o'clock in the morning usually, or something around there, and be like, hey, like, what do you guys want to do today? I'm like we're going to talk about the fantasy game like and, and what we want to talk about and then he comes up with some random ass strategy of hey we're going to do a draft today you know we did that a few weeks so we did that you know different topics or different things and Dylan and I basically have to tell him to calm down or hey let's do that and like get really involved uh, but like all this, all the things that Bob wanted to do uh, I would love to see the trash pile that's there uh, with the show but you know they like having fun of it obviously there was that one week where, or there was a couple weeks that I wasn't there, and sometimes they can get into maybe some more non-fantasy topics, uh, and I like to do that, but uh, they love fantasy. They love getting into it. I think Doyle lost some steam towards the end of the season cause, just because he was so bad, uh, <laughs> and he felt like he wasn't involved anymore. Uh, but other than that, it was great. I mean, I, I, yeah, like I said, I think we all we all love doing the show every week. So is it is it? hard thing to keep them so it's not hard to keep them focused on fantasy and to keep them from going off to if i'm there no, if i'm there it's not hard to keep them focused. okay on okay because sometimes if i'm not there we're not like screaming at them about fantasy or uh telling them hey like this is what this is what i'm doing then they'll can they'll, they'll get on one subject and then they'll decide to talk about uh the philadelphia's triangle midfield for about 30 minutes <laughs> um whatever they would whatever they would come up with to talk about but like that's just because they could talk soccer all day um and they, this is kind of their forum uh to talk about whatever they want that's what they think uh but we're talking about fantasy obviously uh 98 of the time so so do you think that knowledge that they have that pure soccer knowledge is able to translate into fantasy success uh, i guess clearly for doyle maybe it didn't this year but but in general do you think like just knowing soccer helps you with fantasy or is there extra bits and pieces of nuances that you have to learn to own i don't think there is like knowing soccer i think there's knowing mls i think mm -hmm. if you know hey you know you look at it, like let's say i don't know a dallas home game against seattle and like you know most you know if a casual fan saw that they think hey seattle's gonna win that we know that dallas at home is pretty incredible over the years and they've had put up a great record and you know just using that kind of knowledge or you know you know because they're over all over the injuries and in the disciplinary and all that i think that mls not i don't think like really tactical tactical knowledge can really help you that much 
but I think soccer now, I think MLS knowledge is super helpful. So get a couple sort of serious questions here and then one sort of fun, fun wrap up one as we say, trying to be uh, conscious of your time. Um, what do you think is the biggest hurdle that uh, the MLS fans the game is facing and how do you think it can be overcome? The biggest hurdle MLS fantasy is facing. Uh, I think to get more integrated into MLS as a whole, uh, hmm. not even just here in New York, but I think, you know, broadcast. Um, I think if you, you, I mean, if you saw all of our banners on the field this year, you saw a lot of MLS fantasy banners. So, like, I don't think, like, marketing or anything like that can really be an issue. I think it's kind of just buying from all the people who are involved with the league on a day-to-day -day basis, which I think maybe is kind of lacking. Because um, I don't think, you know, MLS fantasy comes up in regular discussion. I know, like, Minnesota did a podcast. The, the Jamie yeah, and Steve, Steve did a yeah. podcast. great. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, just more buying kind of like that, I think, is how to overcome it. Uh, keep grinding. That's what I always say. <laughs> get the get fans to, to message the, the league and the teams and well, the personalities. I, we, we brought this up before, but I'm not sure that's the issue. That's really the, the solution because I know, like, for me personally, like, I don't like being told I'm doing something wrong on Twitter. So that's that. That's not always a solution. And then, like, so I, there's got to be something else that we can do, though. I'll say that. That's true. No, definitely. We'll uh, we'll all think about that one. But no, that that's great to hear because I know I think that's that's what a lot of us talk about from times is that we do wish that that we saw it more. I remember a few years ago, Houston was great with their fancy integration of yeah. of the player would get to come to the back and back into the locker room and see somebody and. And to me, that always stood out of some of these things seem so easy for a team to be able to do to help get that, that marketing and, and just that community feel going. And I do wish that, that more of that would happen. But when Bobby joined us a few months ago, he did make a really good point because I also would wish that players would do more like like Sal and, and Benny and, and people like that when they're doing their, their player things. And, and he just pointed out to me that I never thought about how this is a job for so many people. And, maybe fantasy is too fun and they're like that's that's my job i don't want to think about yeah. that so I, I can see how that's that's a hurdle as well i, I will say that you know there's a couple months ago where uh producer producer tara let us know that brandon by was watching the show uh so there was one we got one so we should do we gotta that's what we gotta go i know quincy used to do his game a while back maybe we need to get yeah. the quincy's and just send out a call out there to each team go hey you guys like fantasy let's just, just throw us an idea we'll, we'll go yep. from there yeah, be a bottom-up thing. Uh, so if you could do anything that you wanted with the fantasy game, um, what would you most like to change about the game from this year, and what would you most like to change about the league's approach to promoting the game? Yeah, so that's what I, I don't know. It, Maybe the it, second one's too hot, but just like for you, no, if you could the, do... I, I think the second one's easier to answer than the first one. Okay. Uh, I think. I, I don't actually know. That, I mean, these, these are both tough questions. Obviously, I'm not going to, you know, put in position of our league and, and what we're trying to accomplish here on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, I think we're all trying our best. Uh, so it's tough to say, hey, we need to be doing this, we need to be doing that, because then I'm pushing on people who are already trying their hardest on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure. Um, so that's a little bit tough. So that's why I answer that question. Uh, I, it's so tough. I, I mean, I you know... I would say, I don't know. 
I'm sorry. Uh, I'll throw you one out for me. I'll, I'll throw you one out for me that, that's easy. Maybe you can latch onto this one. If, if I could change anything about the game right now, it would be to get like Continental or Cheese It or someone to like throw us some of that sponsorship and, and just help with just support the game. Like throw us some money to get some prizes to go out there and be like, hey, this is the fantasy game brought to you by Cheese It. Come, no. yeah, come, come help us and, and do that. Like that's what I would change. I think it's simple. Uh, maybe not too too crazy, but if if uh, no, that was maybe it's that was day. my idea, right? I just said that. You didn't say that. That was my idea, right? You did say that. I just oh, like, I, I, I heard it, and I it's like it. the, the yeah. audio went out, and I was just speaking all it good. back. We're yeah, all yeah. good on that. That's yeah, what that it was. was. Good. That was my answer. Got it. That's what it was. We got it yeah. right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So final question here. Super fun one. Uh, this was actually yeah. Mike's question that he submitted, and I loved it. Um, tell us on his wedding registry is Weeby registered only for wooden spoons? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I wish, I wish. That's, uh, that's no, fortunately not. I did not see any wooden spoons on the registry, unfortunately. I really but, think you all need to like present him with a wooden spoon, either at the beginning uh, of the fantasy season or sometime like. Oh, on... I'll, I'll I'll give it to him on his wedding day on Thursday. Nice, great. nice. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Uh, yeah, should be fun. Uh, getting married. I can't believe it. None of us can believe it, but uh, <laughs> it's happening. Uh, As a kid, yeah. getting married. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Yes. It's crazy. But... He, he's so adult. He's so adult. Not really. <laughs> That's true. We can we can tell that from on the podcast how he tries to keep everything all all together, yes. all adult like. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ben, for spending a few minutes with us, sharing some stuff. Uh, I know that as, as more information comes out, you'll definitely share that with the community. As and I know you're busy right now too with this whole cup thing that's going on. What's this playoff? Playoff? Uh, I don't I don't know. Whatever's going on. Okay. Um, make, yeah. Uh, but just before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to say as reflecting upon the season or any just other comments you'd like to make to the fantasy community at large? No, I, I think just that, you know, it's the, in terms of the fantasy community, I just hope you guys um, enjoyed the season. And I think uh, stick with us. We're, we're all doing our best here. We're, we're trying to make the best game for you. Uh, we talked about a lot of that stuff uh, during this during this conversation. And Thank you for playing, and I, you know, I hope you, I hope you enjoyed the game this year. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, we're back, and and Jason, I, I think you're back with us. Is is that true? Maybe we've we've got video for Jason, so we'll see if he's able to join us. So that was the interview with Ben. Um, <laughs> I think I think he might be back, uh, but that was the interview with Ben. Uh, guys, give me some of your reactions to those to those comments and answers that Ben gave us. And then, uh, chat, I saw you all talking during the, the interview. I took some notes, interacted with you all. Great fun. Uh, Want to hear your feedback as well in just a second. So, Jason, Mike, Blaine, how do you react to that? Mike, do you want to go first, or do you need to, like, uh, I mean, simmer? I, I, I can't and if, 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 if we need you. Um... I mean, I think in general, it wasn't a whole lot that was surprising to me. Um, it's kind of been the thing that Ben has been saying, you know, all along about why he made the changes and why he's, you know, set up the game the way the game is set up. Um, so none of it's too surprising. I'm kind of uh, interested to know that he knows that I'm the troublemaker. Uh, he does know us well, apparently. It's your, um, it's your brand. Than that, apparently, it is my brand. Um <laughs> I don't know if it's like the Bobby Warshaw. I mean, there are some things that I disagreed with him on. Um, 
you know, I don't know if Reed or Blaine was watching, you know, our video feed while there was a few times I was just like shaking my head, um, which we'll get into. But um, yeah, it's so, um, yeah, I don't think there was anything too surprising. Blaine? You're muted, You're Blaine. Still Blaine. I love that look. I'm, yep, I <laughs> muted it. I muted it. I didn't want to accidentally make noise. Um, no, pretty standard answers from what I, kind of what I was expecting. Um, I think we did catch him a little off guard with the double game week question, which it was good to get some feedback on that and kind of see what he thought. I'm really glad he's kind of open to hearing ideas, even if he may not be open to changing how it works. But it does show that they're they're willing to consider some of the complaints the community has had yeah and i think it's important that uh it's not like we have a complaint we tell it to ben and ben's like okay cool get it done i agree go i mean there's there's clearly i mean he's got pressures from his supervisor and for their sponsors and there's the budget and all those things that that have to be considered so yeah but no, it, i mean it it is great that he is open to ideas he has responded to our feedback in the past, and, mm-hmm. and I know that he can't do everything or all the things that we want, but he does have to keep sort of, I guess, that broader view. And and then, like you were saying, Mike, uh, yeah, some of the answers were probably fairly fairly sterile, fairly standard. I think it's still fantastic that that he is a, makes himself available to us to be able to chat mm-hmm. with the community. And and to be fair, some of this is, I mean, literally, we're just days off of the season being over, and and not everything's had a chance to to even really just sit back and, and take it all yeah in i'm not i'm not either, going so. after him for oh for yeah that. no i, I mean, didn't take it that way but yeah. What I meant. yeah 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 i mean uh, jason it's, it's it's things that he said before in the interviews and he is it is is great that he comes on and, and has this conversation with us. so uh yeah what, what's up what's with what jason yeah what do you think jason as as a player what do you um think no i mean i think you guys probably hit on the stuff that i would say it was about what i expected from him and it's totally great that, like you said, Reed, that you can get somebody uh, he's willing to come on the show, this show, and answer questions. So, um, And the double game week thing is a conundrum for me. I didn't really, with it, I think, this year, especially for maybe some of the reasons that other players did. But I don't see a good way to fix it. Uh, so uh, at least not that I can, I can come up with, um, you know. Uh, so I think it, for the most part, I was happy with, you know, I didn't have, I don't have a lot of specific comments. He kind of addressed some of the things that I had problems with this season. And, um, so yeah, yeah, it was good just to hear him, hear him chat it up and, uh, hope Weeby gets his wooden spoon. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all do. And I thought that was a great comment that, that Kyle had made during the interview, how he was wondering if, um, if limited transfers are even compatible with the MLS schedule and kind of like what you were just kind of mentioning, Jason, like like there's only so much they can work with. I mean, the schedule is what it is. The, the call-ups are what they are and we have to fit that framework. And so to some extent, it's just doing the best that we can with the lay of the land that's available to us. But, um, so yeah, I, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, I like, I thought it was interesting what he was saying about, the app i know kyle again had, had made some comments about this and and i think uh ryan also made some comments about um it would be great if i think you made these comments last year mike if you could get alerts about specific players in your team or even thinking well maybe i didn't really use the app that much as maybe ben was saying that the mobile web may not have been that bad uh so how much of the app did you all use 
I used it when I was on the go. So if it was an emergency and I happened to catch the lineup, I would use the app. Um, but as far as setting my team, um, I think the app was a lot better. And when it comes to that, I, I thought it was a lot more user-friendly this year than last year. So I will give them credit for that. But, you know, I still would sit down at my desktop because it was a lot easier. It was bigger to see. Um, and you could sort more things. Um, I mean, you know, as far as that, I think there's like some cool features they could add on to, but I didn't have a whole lot of complaints as opposed to last year where it was just non-functional. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think they definitely did do a lot to help address some of I mean, it was pretty much unusable last year, and it definitely was. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, mostly for me, it was a tool for switcheroos because if they was already in my team, already there, pop, pop, it could work. And I agree, the actual, if I had to build it with the app, it could be a bit cumbersome. Blaine, you had a thought? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've always said I've been a primary PC user. I just I love the interface on PC. You can see your players. You get that sidebar where you can see them. You don't get switched away from the field. And you can drop three and four players at a time and then see your whole budget and kind of pick and choose. But I found myself more and more as the year went on, especially for my last minute changes, sitting on my couch and checking lineups and making changes from my phone on the app. Um, I and that's that's a first for me for this game because I have normally when I'm home I run back to my computer and do it and this year I found myself more and more just jumping into the app for those last minute changes maybe it was better planning on the season and knowing if this guy's not playing I'm going to go grab this one but I found myself doing a lot of the minor tweaks on the phone this year which was good for me and it made it a whole lot better that I was more familiar with it for these last weeks when I was making bigger changes on the fly like when I was out with my wife on Sunday I made a few la I've made a, actually a pretty big roster overhaul I think I switched out five or six players and I did it all from the phone um, in a store so um, and I've never really used the the app to that extent because it's just been so cumbersome when I've had to do that on the on the move before I've always logged into the actual website in Chrome on my phone and go that way because it's got a it's got some of those same desktop features where you can delete multiple players it's just it works it works almost identical to what i'm used to at home but the app actually kind of took that took its place this year for my mobile transfers so i'm i'm happy with it well let's start talking about improvements uh ben kicked it off where he was talking about uh like getting some more of the, the promotion and interaction with the league was good, but let's let's just start talking about some of our thoughts. Feel free to bounce off that, and Mike, when we get to you, we'll let you have some thoughts about uh, transfers, which I know you've been waiting to to share with everyone. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jason, let's just start with you. What are some things that you'd like to see in 2020 with with the fantasy game? Gosh, um, well, if it's an app thing, I would just I. Um, just to, as a change, or maybe somebody can explain this to me. The thing about the app that I really didn't like, I think I used it the way that Mike did and, and Blaine did, right? So to set your uh, team up um, using a PC um, and then to try and make changes on the fly, I was terrible. If I had to sub people out on my phone, that little button, for whatever reason on the app, it was really, really difficult. Like I would wind up like, deleting people or getting them out of my squad and usually it took a lot of trouble to, to somehow make that change and maybe that's user error or like i have an inherited iphone that got handed down to me after two other people had it so i i don't really know but you know um that 
that little thing, as far as the app, was something that that um, you know I I would uh, think about. Um, and I mean, I guess the other two things I wrote down were like, I would really like to not have double game weeks, but I I don't like I told you guys before <laughs> I I don't see a good solution to it because. You know, some weeks, the double game week is there's one midweek game and then a whole slate of weekend games. And some other weeks, it's just a ton of games and, and not. So I don't know how you solve that. But um, I guess the only other thought I had was, I, I know that you'd never add this, but what about the idea of a utility player slot? I know there are some other, uh, you know, fantasy setups for soccer. And to be honest, I don't really follow those that much. But I do know there are some that are set up where, you know, you're not just hemmed in to this many defenders, this many midfielders, and this many forwards. That there is a pool of utility players that you can kind of draw from, and you can say, you can put one of those in, right? As opposed to us being restricted to choose this many forwards, this many defenders, and this many midfielders. I don't know if that's something we could we could do or not. That's cool. Sounds like you're ready for another overhaul of the system. Keep it fresh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy no, no, with the way it is too. That's but, cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know if uh, I, I think like baseball and stuff maybe has some utility players. I haven't played a fantasy game with some utility players, but um, I mean, I think it's a cool idea and definitely worth looking at. I mean, with with just having a weird schedule, I, I could, I could easily see how that would address some of the problems of this player didn't play, get this player to come in. Just like this is a flex player. He can be a midfielder. He can be a defender, just sort of whatever happens. Maybe it even makes defensive midfielders more of an option where you can maybe give them a hybrid of, am I going to let them do I pick to give them more defensive points or to give them more of the offensive midfielder points? And I can set that role to, and that will change how they're calculated. That might be too complicated. That might not be necessarily fair. Um, maybe it's too hardcore or, or it could just be, um, as Ben talked about trying to find that balance that maybe you get a flex player and this is it and then the next level up is depending on how you want to move it but you can go in as deep with it as you want that's a cool idea um, yeah uh, I think um, I think DraftKings or one of those you know like basically fantasy gambling sites I think they use the utility player I've never bothered mm -hmm. to learn too much about it but I've listened to some of the podcasts so um, Oh, you brought up one other thing I just wanted to ask about, and I missed the first part of the interview with Ben. So um, the pricing scheme, I sent you an email about this. Like, I'm still confused about the pricing scheme for defenders and goalkeepers, especially. Like, at the end of the season, I just really thought defender prices were outlandish. Um, you know, it was just, I'm not, I can't imagine Frederick Brillant. I mean, I paid like $10 million to have him on my team a bunch of times. Like, okay, I get it, but... It, and he's the highest scoring, one of the highest scoring defenders in the game. But still, it's really boom or bust for most of these defenders. And I just thought that the pricing on them was was just a little bit outlandish. So I don't know if there's a way to fix that or not. Or maybe you just have to roll with it and it is what it is. Oh, you're leading right into my first point that I was going to talk about. So if you want to segue that, um, I... Yeah, I actually, I was while Ben was talking, I was listening to that. But I was running some numbers because I wanted to see some things. Um we had 12 players finish the season at 11 million value or higher. That's not terrible when we consider the number of super premium players we we tend to see every year. And with those names, I mean, you're talking about Vela and Zlatan and Joseph being those top three. But then you've got Pavone and some other guys that have, were big playmakers, and you kind of had to work to get them in your team from time to time. Um, 
you go into that premium category, we always kind of consider it 10 million or higher. There are 26 players that finished the season at that 10 million mark or higher total. Um, you had 24 players between 9 and 9.9, and you had 42 players between 8 and 8.9. And that's as far as I took it, because when you start going into the 7 million and below, you're looking for starters who just get usually play consistently and have a decent matchup. So we're not looking at that. But that's a, that's a lot of players. Uh, that's 92 players to choose from in that upper tier of pricing. And, you know, I look through the list, and I'm looking at the defenders too. I've been trying to run the numbers. And they they look good. I mean, they look accurate. Um, last year there was a lot of criticism. Some guys going way high, way low, grabbing grabbing points where they where they could. But this game, this pricing structure does hinge on consistency. And I'm looking at the guys who are at the top of the list, and they were consistent all year long. I mean, you, yeah, you've got Briant at at over 10 million for defenders, but he's got 216 points. That that's crazy, and his average is six point three. Um, but you look at who his partner is in Burnbaum. Burnbaum's got one hundred eighty nine points on the season, um, and he's averaging five point five. Like that's a sign that the defense is doing something right, or the defense is getting a lot of CBIs because the midfield's letting balls come through. But either way, I mean that's that's not just an outlier number. That's a consistent thing for that defense. Um, Minnesota's got guys all over the top on the averages and their prices are kind of set to match it. Um, then we go with guys like uh, Hollingshead. He was getting offensive points all season long. It's like every time you missed a clean sheet, he'd have an assist. And so that really helped inflate his price throughout the season. But the one thing this system does emphasize is consistency. Um, uh, where What's his value? Um, Bo for um, New England. Um, he's one of those top players on his fantasy average because his numbers are there, but his price doesn't match uh, match his um, his average as well. I'm trying to pull him up really quick. Yeah, he's at 10.7 with the 6.7 average. So he's in that upper tier, but with his average compared to the other forwards, he's up there near the top. Um, he yeah. It's just he, he had those off weeks every so often. He started off a little lower, came in really hot, raised his value, but then he started having those off weeks, and he really never cracked that 11 to 11.5 mark because every time he'd get one game away from it, he'd have a dud, and that kept him just outside that 11.0 mark. And so I, I think we're seeing what we want to see with this. Um, Bear's another one. He's at 9.9 to finish the season. He had a couple of sub-ins there towards the end of the season, didn't get the starts at the end. Um, average is still 6.2, but his but his overall price stayed a little lower because he had those off games. And we kind of see that throughout the season. Guys who subbed in at different times uh, missed a game here and there or whatever, they're they're their price stayed a little bit lower, even though their average is a lot higher than some of the other players around them. And so I think the system was actually working. It was going to be one of the big compliments I had for this year is I I don't want to see a lot of criticism or a lot of like attempts to overhaul this system because I think it's working and I want to see one more year of data. Um, I think they fixed a lot with the preloaded averages to start the season this year and that helped. It was still a little bit gamey in the first in the spring season, but this fall season has seemed pretty uh, pretty smooth sailing. And it did, as Ben said, it did reward players who went who had a good game. They typically went up in value, and guys with a higher average that had a had a 
pretty bad game, didn't sc- didn't score more than their price or even half their price, they went down pretty heavy, and it it did balance out this system really well. I know I'm kind of rambling on this one a little bit, so feel free to cut me off or jump in if you guys have got comments on that. That's just um, I ran some numbers while Ben was talking, and I wanted to pass those along. Yeah, that's cool. Mike, what are your thoughts? Uh, as far as the price change system, um, I-, I think it worked better. I mean, we didn't have the kind of gaming, you know, it wasn't as easy to game. Um, I-, I think it's just kind of the larger overall picture was with, with the way the prices work. This, I don't, I don't know if this is repeatable, um, but it was just very much a snowball effect where if you didn't get a good result, mm-hmm. at least what it seemed to me, if you didn't get a good result in the beginning, you started to get really far behind, especially on some of those defenders. Um, we talked about them going up high. Um, I, I think that part of that was because there were just so few good defenses this year. Um, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, DC, we, we, we basically named them already. DC uh, got good towards the end of the year. Atlanta, um, Portland was good for a while. And that's kind of about Minnesota, it. You know, as Minnesota far as like defendable. Kept going. What's that? Minnesota's defenders kept going too. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they would be like good, like in, in spurts. Um, and I think they they probably ended up with good averages. Although I feel like a lot of that is because they also get in on some offensive. Games. But um, but yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's four teams out of twenty four in a league. So I think it it just kind of made it really tough, and so you're always really kind of fighting. Um, behind especially on defenders because that's where it would always the, the crunch would always come in because any good defender you'd want um was was very expensive so you'd have to go to kind of a riskier player and then if that player ended up getting rotated you know then you ended up losing more or you didn't gain as much as you would have otherwise and you kept you know losing so that that's the kind of the fact i don't know if that's a changeable fix um or just kind of a feature of the game that if you if your budget is going to increase that's just going to happen. Um, maybe that's an maybe that's a push towards hey, let's just not ha- have a fixed budget. But the problem is, I, I if you do fix a budget, there's no, no way you could afford most of the players by you know this past week. I mean, I was having a tr- hard time fi- you know filling out a team um, with 125. I think I said is what I mm-hmm. filled it, and I, I can't imagine what would have happened if I had 25 million dollars less. So. You know, because I we had talked about earlier it's, earlier in the year about maybe changing um, where the budget didn't increase, which I think is a good thing to kind of prevent that. If if we're truly getting into the point of we want casuals and like Ben said, we want it to be okay to miss a week. I, one of the things I really disagreed with him on is the idea that you can miss a week in this game. No, you can't. Um, you would lose overall, and you would just lose so much value that you mm-hmm. couldn't. You you were you weren't going to catch that up. Uh, you may have the illusion of being able to keep playing, but you know, I, I don't, and honestly, like I don't know that there's really going to be a situation um, in a fantasy game where you could skip a week and it not hurt you. You know, like unless like you just save a transfer, you know, in, in a one transfer a game kind of one transfer a week system, you're always going to fall behind if you miss a week. Mm-hmm. I think maybe more the better question is how can we make it easier for players so that they don't miss a week and that's where double game week and limited transfers and all that conversation comes into comes yeah into. I, I think that the the only way you could really miss a week in our version of the fantasy game and and i'd probably even expand this just to all soccer fantasy games 
in general is is when you're not looking at your overall ranking is when you're looking at more of those head-to-heads especially those that mm. have um not the 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 knockout system so that it's not just based on overall it's based on your record and your points and it's going to whittle down into a, a conference playoff system because then you could miss a week maybe you get a loss that week but then you can still come back and and build up and you still have a shot at finishing someplace for for a playoff system so i i think it it's better there the the weekly changes i think are definitely helped by more prizes i saw that with that was some stuff i think kyle mm-hmm. mentioned that in chat having more prizes they tried that with extra time radio with their league giving out the jerseys that's super cool um they've tried that in the past with with trying to give out some of those weekly prizes um perhaps that's something they can look at look at again but yes mike okay first of all they stopped doing it halfway through the season actually not even probably a quarter through the season we'd be started forgetting to do the prizes so that that was kind of a bummer um second um and maybe there's a whole conversation we could have about the way extra time talks about fantasy. I don't know if we want to get into this in that podcast or not. No. Um, but the, the other part <laughs> about this is, <laughs> uh, Blade's like I heard Michael enough last week after the show. We don't need to hear it again. Um, the, the the second part about it is that one of the issues you're going to have with a fall spring season breakup is that you have the prizes in half. So you don't have any big prizes to really give out because the money you have is split, um, it looks smaller. And I mean, like, frankly, like, there wasn't a whole lot of promotion for prizes outside of the extra time prizes because they were kind of lame considering, you know, if you won overall, um, it wasn't nearly as impressive as the prizes they've had in the past. Um, and they weren't nearly as plentiful. Basically just, mm-hmm. you know, finish at the top of, you know, each of the season and you get a little something. Um, I, I think, you know, if we're talking about how to promote to casuals and get to people playing, I think one of the biggest issues with the fall season is that it makes you have smaller prizes, which gives you a lot less to promote. Mm-hmm. Um, and couple the fact that, and Ben didn't really address this, and, you know, I, I kind of wish he had. I don't know what the point of having a fall season is if you're not going to promote it. I, I think they maybe mentioned it on extra time. You know, we had a mm-hmm. whole international break to this, you know, Gold Cup and all this, all these people zooming in, looking, paying attention to soccer with the Women's World Cup and all that, and nothing, you know, except for maybe they, I, th- I think they mentioned it at the end of Extra Time when Ben Bear came on to do like a, like a small segment at the end of Extra Time. So, hey, hope you stay, stay tuned in for the whole hour. Then you get to hear a mention that there's a fall season and you can start your team again. Um, all the stuff that Ben said about people rejoining your team. I've never seen that happen. I've only seen it the opposite way where people just fall off. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, it, we, it's been two years now. I don't see it being a great benefit. I see much more of the downsides. I really don't know why. We're, but it does sound like Ben likes it. So I'm so, kind of bracing myself for another year. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. So, I, uh, let's, um, Jason, let's get you back in. We're going back and forth a lot here. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the split season? Um, I don't, uh, it was fine for me. I mean, I, I like the idea of having a reset. Um, and my, the first season I did this season. Um, so I, I don't have strong thoughts either way. Um, although, you know, if, if people do, uh, um, 
you know, maybe there's a solution where you actually have four seasons as opposed to two. You figure out some way to break the season up, right? So, um, and maybe people don't like that either, right? I, you know, I, I don't feel, I don't particularly feel strong about it, uh, about it either way. So, I, like, I like how Jason's just yeah. like, so, just throwing out ideas. We'll see what happens. So I've, we've talked about it off the, off the show quite a bit. And I kind of, I'm not going to say I advocate for this because I really don't think I'm going to like it as a hardcore fan. But I think one of the big solutions is uh, for ca- to make the game casual friendly is you have to go to a fixed player budget. Player prices can rise. And if it needs to be a progressively rolling budget, you start off the game with $100 million. Week two, you get you go to you go to 101. Week three, you go to 102. Whatever that number is, whatever that price point is, to adjust for player price increases. That and then you do weekly prizes. That truly makes it a casual, friendly, come and go league. If you miss a week, yeah, you may lose it in the overall standings, but you can beat your you're coming in on a level playing field for a weekly prize, trying to get the best score. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not you, saying, I think you just go I'm like one twenty five, one thirty from day one, and that's it. Yeah, no, no and and maybe and maybe you do that, and you let the skill game be how to adjust as player values yeah. go up at towards the end of the season. That may be it, but if you truly want casual friendly and you don't want to punish players for missing a week, you have to have a fixed budget. So no matter what week a casual jumps into play, they're on a level playing field with the rest of the thing for a week, the rest of the community for a weekly price. Um, season it season long prizes. If you miss weeks, you're done. Like you've got to you've got to play the full season to get a season long prize, unless you're just stupid good or get lucky with one of your off weeks. But no, I just that's the that's the only way I can see to make it truly casual friendly and do a come and go league where missing if they really want to go crazy to appease both sides, you do a pseudo fixed budget, but you get you get small price increases. Maybe you get a quarter of your increase every week. So that way, if you go up the full, uh, what is it? We, we figured up it's about 5.5 that you can pretty much max out to start the season. You can go a little bit higher, but if you go up a full five points, you get or a full 5 million, you get one point. If you go up only a million, you get 200,000 added to your budget and you just chop that number down by a set amount every week. <sighs> but that's, uh, that doesn't i don't like that that's just you could do kind of a, you could lessen the impact of budgets getting out of control because really this game i think we figured out after these two years on it the if you get behind in the budget game you just stop being able to compete towards the end of the season mike and that really does that really does hurt and i think that the the one issue with when I, I understand why blaine is saying the way he did and that does make a lot of sense as far as like from that if you're take the position that that's the casual approach but i think there's a few problems with it one i think that game already exists and it's daily fantasy so essentially mls is just free daily fantasy because that's all it's going to be there's no week-to-week impact um other than the player prices which that happens mm-hmm. in you know daily fantasy so if we're just going to overemphasize weekly prizes then mls is just a free version of daily fantasy um, ben did mention the MGM uh, sponsorship, possible tie-in, um, and you know, and Bobby Warshaw also mentioned, you know, when he came on the podcast uh, in the summer about gambling being more important. I don't know if that's the direction we want the game to be. If 
you know that's the only way we can get in fans uh, to, to me i think there's a larger question that, and, and this is where we get into uh, what i wanted to talk about and what i hinted at twitter which is i think we've got to challenge the assumption that unlimited transfers is actually casual um and I, that that hurts me because when Ben is talking about all the players who wanted it, I was pro, I was one of those players with the injury it's frustrations. True. It's true. And I'm not going to pretend that uh, the injury situation has gotten better. It's gotten much much worse. The the problem is you are forcing people to make, um, I mean, really almost 17 choices um, with the switcheroos with the system we have now as far as number of players we get in. So you've got to do all of that work um, and. If we want to have any kind of decent budget system where there's any kind of challenge, those are tough choices. You know, you, I, I spent a lot more time this year making choices than I did last year. And I think that is a credit to the price system that worked a lot better. That didn't allow me to have a runaway budget. It's also because my budget was terrible because I made mistakes early in both seasons. Um, but then in order to really compete, to really be one of the top players, you also had to be paying attention um, for Saturday games. Um, even when there was double game weeks, a lot of times you needed to be on that Saturday game. And for this year, my family wow. obligations, I couldn't do it. And I was dumbfounded by how much of a difference that made. And I think for casuals, um, especially if you're not going to introduce assist, uh, a feature where you get a notification, I can't check Twitter lineups for 12, you know, 12 different games, especially with the way MLS is going. Um, I mean, it's from, you know, almost noon Saturday all the way up to like 10 o'clock at night where you get in games rolling. You know, where jo JoJo had posted in chat where he said, I think the schedule has forced um, limited, you know, we don't have to have limited transfers. I disagree. I think the fact that we have more games and we're going to add a 13th game next season, um, I think that makes it that it's, it's too much to handle because you have too many games spread out in order to be like, handling all these different lines. Yeah, I want to... No I wanna, one can possibly keep up. Yeah. Yeah, I want to jump in right on that. Um, think back to yourself over this week, over the season. Saturdays with a 2 o'clock kickoff and 6 o'clock kickoff and a 7.30 and an 8.30 and a 9.30 and a whatever. How does that compare to Sunday when all the games kicked off at one time? Now, I'm part of the Discord channel with the MLS lineup feed, so I got to see all the lineups in one column and scroll right through them. Made it super easy. But still, if I know at between, for me, it was uh, 2.30 and 3, or 2, 2 to 2.30 was when all the lineups came out in my time. I knew at that, at about 2 o'clock, I needed to be watching for lineups. By about 2.30, I had all of my lineup information, and I was ready to make my transfers. You look at a league like EPL where, yeah, they've got some Saturday and Sunday games, but they've got, what, three kickoff times on Saturday? They've got the early games and the late games, and then they've got the primetime game, which is usually just two teams playing right there. That's three time slots you have to watch for lineups coming out. On a typical MLS Saturday, we have six or eight time slots that we have to look for. And heaven forbid, if you're an East Coast player who is not a night person, and you get stuck with one of those 7 o'clock um, Pacific time kickoffs or 8 o'clock Pacific time kickoffs, you're looking at 10, 11 o'clock at night, your time, and you might just be screwed on that one anyway. I know there are some people who do not stay up late, have work obligations on the weekend, they can't stay up late. Like, that makes it, this, yeah, the MLS schedule is a killer, and I, I just wanted to echo what Mike was saying there, that I can definitely see that argument. And just think back to the season. 
are these hectic Saturdays with all the games at different times better or make it better or worse than what we had Sunday with every game kicking off at the same time? Yeah, and just to kind of keep going, so I, I feel like a casual player is not going to be paying attention to all those different lines. If, if our casual player, and the, the idea of the model, I, I think, to use is player who cares about their MLS team, who maybe goes to their games and maybe sort of pays attention to the rest of the league. I don't think that this system really benefits them. I think a system with limited transfers um, where it locks and maybe we, you know, eliminate the double game weeks and we'll, I know we'll talk about that in a little bit um, to that or lessen their impact. So that they're not, you know, you have, you have more of a chance. You have the full week to do your transfers anytime during that and you just roll with it. And if the weird injuries happens, it sucks, but then it usually will happen to everybody. So, you know, I think that makes it a little bit more casual friendly and I mean, because of right now, when you have the weird, unexpected injuries, most of the casuals aren't picking up that information either, unless they're on their phone checking up Twitter lineups of teams that they don't care about. And I just don't see that casuals have been really picking up. And the bottom line is, we went to this system thinking that it would draw more people in, and we haven't gotten increases of numbers. So, And I think it's, I mean, we can't depend on the system to do it all for us and i think that's the point we've all hit several times been touched on it as well i mean it it has to be a combined league effort a, a team effort and from all those points like get get a sponsor get one of the the continental or cheese it or whoever they're they're getting to to throw a couple thousand dollars for for some prizes at the fantasy game get the teams to to do something with their social media. I mean, even if it's not what Houston used to do several years ago where they would take their top scoring fantasy player for that week to the back of the locker room to, to meet a player, like get the social to throw it out there, tweet out. Like I saw ESPN today when I was today or yesterday when I was sitting down at lunch and it was just, Oh, Hey, here are the top five fantasy scores for the week in the ESPN fantasy game. It's like that, that have have each team tweet out their top scoring fantasy player or something like that just to kind of get people going maybe but maybe we need go ahead i was just going to point out manchester city does that with its u.s based epl game yeah. like just i mean you know i i you know and this is something that's difficult for us where we've heard ben and, and you know we got information that it, for some reason it's difficult I don't understand why it's difficult for that. I don't understand why it's just a memo. Hey, once a week, put out, you know, here are your top five players in your league and send them a congratulations. You know, even if you're not doing a, a prize to them, you can do something to generate content, to generate part of the conversation. And, I mean, that that's the biggest thing. You know, you know I don't think that going back to limited transfers, I'm not, like, I, you know what I'm not changing is the idea that if we go back to closer to an FPL system, that suddenly all these people are going to come back in droves. No, that's not happening. Yeah, if we're going to have more pay people, we're going to have to promote the game, and MLS <laughs> is going to have to invest its money. It's it's not just going to be a magical sponsor coming in unless that happens. The most likely thing is MLS saying, "We care about this. We're going to put our foot down. We're going to force teams to talk about this, and we're going to say." Hey, you want to be part of our national broadcast? Uh, this this is one of the, the points you have to mention. Instead of the stupid audio index 
for you know but hey you know what audi sponsors a stupid index and audi sponsors the bracket challenge we we can't get like a target mention like a are any of these other sponsors to do it you know I, drop the index you know, and sponsor the fantasy game drop, well i mean uh, just add it oh. on or you know just do something you know like I, it'd be to, to me it doesn't make perfect Nothing. It'd be perfect for Target to sponsor fantasy for the players. Um, I like that one because they are a pretty big league sponsor anyway. They could advertise in all their stores for this stuff, but hey, they give out gift cards. I mean, if Target's willing to throw prizes in and give out gift cards, they're making money on the profit margin there. They're not giving out as much as the gift card value actually says because of all that. Yeah. But that's just free advertising for everything, and it's going to get – MLS fans to come into their store that win the prizes and use the money there. And usually when you're in some place using a gift card, you spend more than what the gift card is worth. So five thirty eight to sponsor it. That could be fun. I like other that, yeah. Maybe we yeah. need some sort of combination. Like I like Shannon and chat mentioned that uh, now she's saying delicious gift cards, but before she said delicious gift cards, she, uh, she mentioned the, the chip system that EPL has. So maybe a blend of what lots of people have been talking about could be the future of, of what MLS could look towards where Maybe we go back to a, a more structured transfer system. Maybe not, since since we're getting this partnership with MGM and daily is what people in America and, and around the world, I don't think it's fair to say just America, but around the world, daily is very popular because it is easy for people. And maybe that's what people want to see. But 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 maybe we go back to a structured sort of fantasy limited transfer system. Let's bring in something that, that Jason was saying, combined with what Sherry was saying, and we add more chips. We add more little unique things that you can select to do at different points of the year. You get four wild cards. So like Jason was saying, you have four resets in the year where you can just change up your team. Maybe you get more than four wild cards because of the schedule that we have. Um, personally, I like the idea of a fixed budget at 125, 130 million. That's just it. The game becomes how can you build within that budget? I even like the idea of of having we've we've mentioned this before with the double game weeks of you just get the highest scoring one. Like eliminate that, open up the pl player pool to make more of the single game week players valid during a double game week. So maybe that's what you could do um, if if you want to keep the multi-transfer system, but still make everyone viable and move away from the template team with that. Well, and I think the double game week suggestion that you mentioned, we've talked a lot about that one off air. I think that's a great suggestion, regardless of whether it's limited or unlimited transfers. Uh, and I think the main reason for that is that then you're not screwed if you miss that Wednesday deadline. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know whenever I was playing with Ben, that's the one that killed me is I couldn't make that Wednesday deadline because – it locking you know when you're not able to make changes until monday and then you only have monday night tuesday and then a little bit of wednesday if you get home in time to to make those transfers if you know mm -hmm. you're doing, doing it at home and you're not doing it i think if you eliminated the double game weeks you know or we make it the one point uh the, the top one counted even if you miss wednesday on Thursday, hey, I got all these other teams. They'll be competitive. They'll have single game week scores. Mm -hmm. I can do that. Um, and we've even talked about, you know, maybe you can even transfer players from those double game week teams, but you're only eligible for the second score. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's functional in the app um, interface or whatever. I know we have enough trouble with the app already. I don't know if asking something like that is too much. 
But I mean, something like that, I because and I think it does a number of things. One, it allows people more time to make transfers. Number two, it allows more times for us to have conversations about transfers. I mean, Fantasy United FC went to one show uh, a year, uh, one show a week this week. Um, I, I think it definitely hurt them because most of the time they really didn't have a whole lot of time to talk fantasy. I, I, you know, Ben kind of talked about it a little bit. Most of the time it was just Matt and Bobby having like fun soccer conversations and oh yeah we got to make some picks by the way and they threw in some picks at the end um i think if they had you know two episodes a week you'd have more time for that i mean oh for us we're locked into monday because if we don't get this podcast out on tuesday people are really going to have like two hours to listen to the podcast in order to get picks um we've talked about you know reed going on the show um with jason davis on Fridays, be like, well, you kind of missed it, so you're kind of screwed if you don't. We would have a whole lot more top opportunities for conversations. Extra time would have reasons to talk about it on Monday and on Thursday. Hey, did you miss your miss the Wednesday game? Don't worry, still more games. I, I think that would make it very casual friendly. I understand Ben not wanting to lose games, but I don't think he would lose games in that circumstance because then both games are something that we would have to talk about and figure out. Hey, what are the what are the impacts of these games? What is the most likely high score? But then you're going to have a lot more single game week players come in. I think you're going to have a lot more strategy because, I mean, mm-hmm. this week, I think one of the reasons it was such a slog this year is because you didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to differentiate yourself. Now, part of that was because Carlos Vela was amazing and you had to have him in your team, you know, half the years or half the weeks of the year, uh, if, if not more than that. The other part of that, it was you just had with so many dense double games, you had three or four teams. Um, or three or four games on Wednesday night, which means you had eight teams so many more weeks. You almost had to have a full double game week team most weeks. And there's so much less chance for differentiation, even with the mm-hmm. three-player um, a, a week thing. I think, quite frankly, if we had four players a team this year, I think we'd have like the exact same team like almost mm-hmm. every week, just with the, with the way it ended up this year. Um, yes. I, I think if we did something like that, I think we'd have much more variety because um, mm-hmm. you'd have much more single game with teams and it would be a lot more opportunity both for content creation, which could drive participation and more opportunities for casual. So that's why I think it's something regardless of the transfer system, because it sounds like from the interview, and I'm, I'm not surprised that Ben is going to stick with unlimited transfers. That, you know, and, and I do understand why that is with the injury situation in, in MLS, but I think that change might be one of the more helpful things, regardless of what his decision is on transfers. Yeah, it's and I I use that system. I we use that system in a draft league that I've played in for what five years now, where you get the highest score of the double game week when you choose to play them, or you can put them if you miss that lineup, you can put them in for the second game, and they don't they don't tie down that roster spot, so you could you could essentially drop out a Maxi Morales who's injured for the first game, not put him in your lineup, but you don't have to commit to him on Wednesday. You could see if he's going to play on Saturday and go pick him up for the second game of the week. If you still like that matchup, you don't have to worry about all of that hoping he plays. And it really does open up the score. You do get two bites at the apple, but if those two bites are a two and a three, you're better off probably going with a, a single game week guy who had a better shot at a clean sheet. It really makes you think about those players. And those are decisions I've had to make pretty much every week playing draft fantasy with this other league. 
and it is a good it is a good system it has been beneficial it doesn't overemphasize double game week players and in draft when you're worried about oh this guy's a homer and drafted five atlanta players early and atlanta's got a double game week now i'm dealing with playing against five atlanta players on this team because i just didn't pick them up because i wasn't that big of a fan of them there i've got better players but they're all playing two games this week it really does balance that out in in that league and i can see it doing the same thing here and i I would hope that if we go back to, or if we go to go forward, they would make a change similar to that just to help prevent the whole thing. And to Mike's point, don't know if it's coding, coding friendly, but if you watch players on Saturdays, you're picking your lineup and you see it, they, they usually have on Wednesday, they'll have, or before Wednesday, they'll have versus this team and versus this team when they've got two home games. And on Saturday, it's only got the one versus the second team. It drops that first one off. So they've already got flags set for what's remaining. Um, it may be a little bit of a coding nightmare, but being a programmer, if you've already got that flag and you're dropping off the first game, that means you're calculating that somewhere. And you can reference that value to find out when the player was added and get that second game only. I mean, there there should be potential for that. All right, so we've got on for a long time tonight, so I thank everyone who stuck with us to the very end here. Uh, I want to acknowledge a few people in chat real quick. I've, I've seen Shannon and JoJo and Kyle and lots of people making comments during this whole conversation. Uh, people have talked about the stats in the game. They've talked about the Dream Team being accurate. They've talked about the buttons and things working out. I think those are all great changes. I know I would love, I saw this on Twitter some too, I would love for all of the stats that players are graded on to be filterable in the game so i mean i think those are all great changes final question for the guys tonight and final question for everybody in chat for everyone to think about uh, before we sign off one change if you get one change for next season what is the one thing you want to see different in 2020 blaine let's start with you oh you would start with me game gameplay yeah no uh Gameplay wise, it would be the the double game week thing that we were just talking about. Okay. Only count the only count one score. Mike. Yeah, that's probably it because I'm 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 assuming Ben's not going to change the transfers. Well, this is this is not what do you think Ben will do? This is you get to make one change. What is your one change that you think? Um, I I think I would do the double game thing okay. too, uh, and we'll we'll do that, um, because we'll see what what the the prize structure will be um as far as that but um because I, I i know there's been some we've, we've talked about whether or not we, we need to do more weekly structure we talked about that a little bit um but you know just in general maybe the bigger change is it i would like to see fantasy talked about on national broadcasts. my thing it like, comes in part with a sponsor but i, I think yeah. You've got to have part of a conversation, and it's got to be MLS needs to make a conscious effort. It's not just going to happen. Yeah, like non-gameplay-wise, it would be finding a legit sponsor like Audi does, like Cheese it does. Just find a legit sponsor for the game. And I know Mike's bigger on the promotion, but, I mean, you get either one of those two things, and I think the game's going to skyrocket a little bit. Well, that's right. not gameplay-wise. I'm just saying MLS Fantasy sponsored by Disney Plus's The Mandalorian would be the best thing. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, you know, I thought there would be uh, some more variance between what we all would say with this final question, but I, I'm in agreement 
with what what you guys. I mean, I could I would have I would have put money on that. Mike would have been like, go back to the limited transfers. Um, I agree. Gameplay wise, I think the double game week system that we talked about of just taking one game would be the number one change I would like to see. I don't think it's huge. I think it could be easily understood by new and returning players, and I think it would just be such an impact on the the roster variety that you would have during a double game week because of the single game week players truly being in the mix as, as valuable options would, would just be uh, a huge step in giving players truly the freedom to craft the team they want, which is what we always talk about. You have the freedom with unlimited transfers to craft the team you want, and they would have that with that change. Uh, from the business side, like you both alluded to, so we'll do one on each side, uh, I uh, would say that I would just like to see more team involvement. I'd like to see that weekly post of, here's who did great with fantasy, or have a player tweet out to the top scoring person congrats on being our number one player this year now that would sort of require the fantasy game to also maybe collect that information of hey what's your twitter name and be like we're gonna give you a shout out that kind of thing um or just their team name congrats to to uh sherry for being great in the fantasy insider league like something like that would be great too i'd like to see something like that of more team involvement because i think that could help spread people's interest at least in trying the game. So those are my two things. Um, that's where we're going to end tonight. Uh, I know there's lots to go on. Uh, please uh, keep go over to the Discord channel. Go over to r slash MLS. Go over to Twitter. Let us know what you think. Uh, this is all that we have for this season. We're in the off season now uh, for MLSFI because uh, we're going to sit back and enjoy these games. We've got a special side project podcast in the plan, so... Stay tuned for that, uh, and we'll we'll share some of that if you haven't figured it out already. But uh, it's it's been a fantastic season, and I and I think good things are still to come in 2020. A lot of that is thanks to the continued involvement of people like you who are listening to us, people who are in chat with us, and who support us with Patreon. So, uh, Blaine, final comments. Yeah, just thank you to the community, especially all of our chat regulars who have been coming out to watch us do the live shows and participate in those. That's been a huge boost for just how I feel about the show this year. I mean, I've always loved doing this, but just getting to interact with everybody has been great. And I mean, we do it for the community and just having the community here with us every night when we do this has been wonderful. Um, the show doesn't exist without you all. So that's um, huge for me this year. Um, just enjoyed interacting with everybody all year long. Mike. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo what Blaine said. Uh, I think the best way to experience MLS is, is with the fantasy MLS community. Uh, I think it's the you know best conversations. You, you learn so much about the game. Um, I, I really believe that this is the most informed part of the fan base. I think it's the most, it's the least toxic fan base. Mm -hmm. um, we, we have so many people with different teams who, you know, are normal rivalry elsewhere on twitter and Reddit and all that just getting ugly and nasty to each other here we usually just josh each other a little bit and then you know keep on laughing but yeah my player sucks you don't want him. <laughs> it's, it's it's just such a great community and it's just such a, a great way to experience um fantasy or experience mls um i i just wouldn't have it any other uh, and i'll give a final big uh mm -hmm. thanks to to jojo who's been one of our 
our loyal chat listeners up in Canada. Uh, I believe he was he is the newest Patreon supporter at our three dollar level. I think he was the last one that we got for this year. He he mentioned that he that he signed up, and uh, I have sent him a sticker. So I've sent you a sticker, Jojo. Uh, it it is it's going through the whole Canadian Post international stuff. So uh, I sent that last week. So with hope it gets there pretty soon. It didn't have the special fancy extra secret prize that Mike got in his and some yeah. of the people at the $5 level did, but um, maybe he'll send a tweet out with, with that special that he had. But thank you so much to everyone who has supported us on Patreon. Uh, almost all of the swag has been sent out. Some of the people at the highest tiers, uh, I ran out of envelopes, and so I'm waiting to get some of the some, some more envelopes so I can send you out uh, what, what I have for you this year. Next year, we're going to have some new prizes, so I'll be sending out all new swag. It should be a whole lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who's listened, who's contributed, who's who's just been a part, who's been guests, uh, and who shares the media that we have. It's been such a fun ride. Looking forward to it next year as we welcome some new new players into the league. It's going to be crazy. Uh, we'll start working on our preseason content. If you have feedback for us, let me know. Uh, MLSFantasyBoss at gmail.com. You can hit me up on, on Twitter as well, or Mike, or Blaine. Uh, we're all available there, always taking feedback. So... For the last time in 2019, thank you very much and good luck.